This is the Africa Blogging Podcast, your home to authentic political conversations from across the continent. These last few weeks of December and the first few weeks of January 2023, we'll be doing something special right here on Africa Blogging. We'll be sharing stories and conversations from across the continent that have made it to the top of the news and also having discussions about some of those things that might have not made it to the news but are really important conversations that we need to have from across Africa. My name is Daniel Omindi. I'm the lead editor of Africa Blogging and I'll be having these conversations that I'm talking about with authors, contributors and just experts and opinion shapers in the world of politics, economics, and even sports from around the continent. Yes, sports on a political podcast. Yes, sports, because sometimes there's a lot of politics in sports as well. And for this very first episode, I am hosting Pru Nyamishana. Pru is a human rights activist. She's also a blogger and award-winning podcaster. She's also one of the founding members of Africa Blogging. So, Let's get into this with Prue, but I think she'll do a better job at introducing herself than I've just done. Well, I am ever evolving. I am an African woman. And um, first and foremost, that is very important. And Uh I am a humanist. Uh I am that idealist that believes that human beings should all be treated equally regardless of uh, race, creed, or the country that they come from. Um, yeah, so I, I am a content creator. I'm always looking for ways of putting myself out there, but also my thoughts and the way, and that's the way I deal uh, with the world. That's how I cope with my own uh, issues and also things that I don't understand, especially for a person like me who, 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 uh, a Ugandan woman <laughs> who has to deal with the patriarchy, but also deal with the dictatorship, uh, that, that we live in right now. Um, in in my country, Uganda, yeah. So so briefly, that's who I am. And you use your blog, um, and your blogs and your podcasts extensively to discuss these issues. I, I remember, um, I think, um, one of the the episodes or the podcasts that turns off for me in my mind was um the one where you interviewed Dr. Stella Nyanzi, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Stella Nyanzi has been no she she's had this rough um uh, encounter with government about her you know being very vocal about the issues that are affecting um, um Uganda's society and some extent even when she was a lecturer at the university she she brought in these issues um these complex issues of you know feminism and 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 you know humanism as 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 you put it. And and at the institutional or university institutional level, and how you know her rights were, were sometimes you know um, violated in that front. Of course, she ended up in jail, and and right mm-hmm. now she's she's in exile in 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 Kenya. I mean, if you look at if you look back at at Uganda, do, do, do you see us? And you talked about, in fact, you talked about um uh, dictatorship that that's going on down there. If you look at Uganda. Do you think that um, we're moving towards um, a better human rights space? What's the situation like in the country right now? Oh, my goodness. We are uh, living in an uncertain uh, 
situation right now. We see our neighbors, Kenya, uh, uh, carrying out elections, which are hotly contested, and the margin is almost like 2%. And you can see that Kenyans are progressing very quickly because uh, of of uh, of of democracy it's a it is a, it's a growing democracy and kenyans have been where we were and they were stagnant for a long time with the moi regime and that's where we are right now i feel like um i feel like uh, uh the absurdity of living under a dictatorship is that you don't even know that you're living under one um and dr stella nyanzi pushed the button she pushed the red button and an alarm went off and then we started seeing a full blown we started seeing the dictatorship in its in its might um and yet we experience it on a very on a on a on a daily basis but very subtle in the morning beautiful uganda will still be beautiful the skies will still be bright everybody will be rushing to work in the morning with you know enthusiasm for a better day but then you know that deep down people are disillusioned right um and the, dis- the disillusionment of lost dreams just creeps up on you without it, 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 it just calls for attention when you are go when you are going to work and then you like 10 convoys of big men um, pass you by in traffic jam uh-huh. Um uh, like uh, it, it, it wakes you up or you see how uh, people are losing loved ones to simple, simple diseases. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you how the ordinary Ugandan is, 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 is just suffering under the weight of, of, uh, of this situation, which I will not miss words, but call a dictatorship. Right. Yeah, um I- yeah, and we've seen like several attempts to, to you know dismantle that the system um, that that's that that's that's running the country that's you know wrapped around um the current president Yoweri Museveni. I mean, and we've seen like you know very strong attempts to change the status quo. Um, we saw it with um um uh, CJ. Um, we've we've seen it with um with 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 Bobby Wine. And 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 sometimes um there's usually a notion that that goes on in Kenya and um. The notion is like um Ugandans are not angry enough. I think that same question that women who are who are not living abusive marriages are asked, why did you not live? Is the same question of mm-hmm. are Ugandans not angry enough? Yeah. I think I wrote an article in 2017. I don't know that I shared it with Africa blogging, but I can always share it with you and you publish it. Okay. I, I I just compared Ugandans to the Asian elephant. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Asian elephant. People use it in circuses. They, 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 they have subdued it. They've beaten it. You know, they, they, they to, to submission. And over the years, sadly, since since twenty thirteen, uh, uh, no, I think it was twenty eleven, when when we had the walk to work protest by BCJ, mm-hmm. and then um, we had the Buganda riots. Um, that's when that's when we started seeing the true colors of of uh, of president museveni who was our liberator from years of anarchy yeah and 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 then the public order management act was passed in 2013 uh 
and that gave sweeping so, sweeping authority you know sweeping powers to mm -hmm. authority police authorities to clamp down on, on any kind of dissent if i want to get arrested in uganda right now all i do is to go to the city square and have a placard and say um Museveni must go <laughs> that is enough to earn me some jail time Mm -hmm. Right. And so over the years, there has, it has been uh, uh, it has been slow, but sure, remote defunging Ugandans, uh, breaking their will, uh, living in fear. And what dictatorships thrive on is making people live in fear and making examples of people. You see how badly battered um uh, Bobby Wine was, or yeah. how Kakwenza, how Kakwenza was was badly beaten, or yeah. how Stella Nyanzi and and the horrendous things that, for instance, Nana Nalongo has gone through in jail. So so, and also you can see the impunity that 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 the president's son tweets with. And and you uh, you you remember recently when he tweeted that we will crush down uh, the journalists who have been speaking up against us, and yeah. and, and and I think and I think um, I, uh, I, the first I, I, I want to come I want to come down to the to the president's son's tweets like much later because that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole conversation of, of its own and 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 I'm really sorry that uh, that I seem to be to to be blocking you to be I mean interrupting you your flow of thought here. But but let me and just okay. ask yeah let me just ask um like all these things are happening and you and you see the way the way um you see the way you know Africa is do you feel like you get the solidarity from like people from other countries understanding your situation and wanting to 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 actually you know show solidarity and 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 when you look at um the reactions from other countries where where most do you receive support from. I think the most solid solid is from Kenya, yeah, our immediate neighbors, because Kenya deep down knows even the young ones, the Gen Zs, they know that Uganda has been stable, has stabilized the region for a long time. We have very problematic neighbors who have had conflict after conflict. DRC, we have South Sudan, who and Uganda for somehow has been the the, the beacon of 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 of. We also know what is going down there with the M23 right now. And and so I think our biggest supporter right now is Kenya because um, they don't want to be the only stable ones, maybe with Tanzania, which has been a strong supporter for Uganda against the dictators for a long time. Um, uh, uh, are our biggest supporters, they're the ones we can rely on. And Uganda, as small as we are, we are we are a very influential power in the region. Um, if if we go down, that means Kenya yeah. is left alone with Tanzania, and that means South Sudan is suffering, and DRC, Eastern DRC, like Goma, which heavily depends on Uganda, um, it's, it goes down. And so I think. I think right now others are battle, have are, are fighting their own battles, and that is why I think we with the most solidarity is with with Kenya, which is stable, and Tanzania. Yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen that. I've experienced that in Nairobi. I've seen when things are happening in Uganda. I mean, with the you know instances with um with Kifefe or um um, um or or Bobby Wine and 
And I've seen the sort of solidarity that Kenyans have. I've seen Kenyans, like normal citizens, not, not at the government level, go marching to the Ugandan embassy. I, I have seen, you know, tweets and, and you know, social media posts in solidarity. And I mean, in the run-up to the last election, and in the immediate period after the, the last election, the Red Beret that, that, that was significant, that was, I mean, signified the... No, the opposition movement um, in uh, in in Uganda was was quite a commonplace with um uh, with politicians in Kenya, but even with normal city, citizens, human rights activists, it 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 would it would really be easy like to spot somebody in the streets wearing it. It would be easy to have people see people having it as their banners on on social media, and and I think uh, and I I don't know when when you guys look. Um, look at us from from an outs like as Ugandans looking into Kenya, and and you see you know that support for your struggles and 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 um, and and the words of encouragement that are coming across the borders the borders from your brothers and sisters on the other side. How how does that generally make you people feel? Well, I think some support has been really good, but sometimes some support is patronizing. Yeah, yeah. and 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 and. Kenyans sometimes uh, come off as the the repl replacement of the white saviors, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I yeah. think uh, I think I think there should be uh, with we. I, I really appreciate so many people, Bonfence Mwangi, and you know uh, the colleagues I have worked with, like at Amnesty. Uh, I I really appreciate the work the, the work that 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 they do and the people at Human Rights Watch. Uh, because those ones have been very instrumental in 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 um, in, in, in in you know speaking up for for Uganda. But I guess I think the mobilization can be better. Yeah, yeah. the mobilization where Ugandans who are on the ground can you know you know can, they can work together so that also Kenya doesn't come up as 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 a, as a savior <laughs> mm -hmm. with yeah. a savior complex. Yeah. Ugandans are just across the border. Bring them, involve them, uh, yeah. have some activities running in, in, in Nairobi. You have, uh, you know, corresponding activities in, you know, in a smart way run in, in, in Uganda so that it doesn't look like another, um, you know, uh, power thing of, ah, we are better than you, so we can <laughs> speak up for you. You are voiceless. No one is voiceless. It's just a platform sometimes that is taken away from people yeah. so yeah. i guess i guess uh kenya risks being uh, uh, carrying a severe complex when it comes to to the region uh so where but you because they are they are very powerful activists in 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 uganda who who are kenyan brothers uh who can access funding and resources can work together to to make sure that the the the, the ground shakes from from uh from 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 you know from 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 Uganda itself, yeah. but the the little solidarity that we feel during elections, um, of course, of course, some 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 say that um, that oh the the same thing you say ah oh, Ugandans are not angry enough blah 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 blah. I think when when Kenyans are supporting us, uh, I think there there should be a level of empathy because most Kenyans did not right now because I think Kenya is also like as the population is very young, yeah. they did not really experience Moi, Moi yeah. <laughs> so they don't. 
yeah they don't know the the what it means actually to live under a dictatorship mm-hmm. and also regional regional organizations like um you know those those international organizations that have their regional base in Uganda sorry in Kenya you find that majority of the people who are working towards changing uh Ugandan Uganda issues are, are, yeah, are Kenyans, <laughs> are Kenyans, and you find Ugandans are sidelined in some of those in those regional spaces, and yet, and yet nobody can understand a context of our place more than the person who comes from that space. Yes. And 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 so uh uh, we know that Kenyans are fighting for us, but also when Ugandans get opportunities in those spaces, let them be welcomed as brothers and sisters rather yeah. than, oh, Ugandans have come to take our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So the, the, the relationship between Kenya and Uganda is very uh, interesting, actually. Someone from, uh, I think, South Sudan tweeted and said that Ugandans and Kenyans will be fighting. And then when you take one side, uh, then they will turn against you, both of them. So I feel like Ugandans and, <laughs> yeah. and, and Tanzania, that, that, they are like siblings. That, yeah? is twins, that is twins in the playground who will fight each other. But if somebody else from the outside attacks one of them, they will forget that they were fighting. They will deal with you together. And then go back yes. to their fighting. <laughs> I, I, like, I <laughs> exactly. love I, I love that analogy. And and looking at Uganda, I mean, from the outside, and and, I'm, and that's why I love having these conversations with you because you people understand the nuances, you understand the context. Um, I mean, we've been seeing a lot of activity from uh, the Crown Prince, and um, there has been you know charters here and there. I mean, we've seen um one this, we've seen him being involved in very high level diplomatic. Um, assignments. Um, when I say the current place, of course, I mean General Muhozi, the, the, the son to um, President um, Yoweri Museveni, for those um, mm-hmm. who do not understand our context here. But um, yeah, uh, we've seen him this year being involved in, I mean, missions abroad. We've seen him, I mean, this year, even after that deep, that part, um, uh, that outburst on Twitter about, you know, being able to capture Nairobi in a week, which almost caused a diplomatic spurt. And, and, it, and of course, um, the old man was very angry at him, but he ended up um, <laughs> promoting him in, in, in a way as much as he lost his command of the, of the land, for, land forces, I, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, um, is, is, this turning, is this turning into like a family thing? Are you guys worried? Of course, bearing in mind that even the 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 the, the, the president's wife is also um, a member of the cabinet. I think she still has a mini- ministerial portfolio. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Education, I guess. Yeah, minister of education yeah, and mini- sports. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know what what do you guys make of all these things that have been happening and and the positioning of um of President Yoweri Museveni's son, um, General Muhozi? I think it is an attempt to create a dynasty, but we know the history of Uganda. That is not going to happen for long. Even if he succeeds and, you know, takes over for a few, uh, after maybe the president has stepped down or retired, um, uh, uh, Uganda, if you read Uganda's history, that's not how Ugandans operate. 
Yeah, uh, you'll see that after Obote, there came Amin. After Amin, Obote attempted to come back. And then in between there, we have like three, four presidents uh, who I also don't know the names. And then yeah. um, seven, eight. So I think there's an entitlement, yeah, mm -hmm. by the ruling regime uh, that they are liberators. Mm -hmm. of, of of this of, of of this country um but but uganda is complex we are such a complex uh country uh our history is so complex our tribal uh our tribal makeup is is so complex you'll find that um during during obote's time who is from northern uganda who is the law was had a very stronghold. He had a big stronghold in Western Uganda, uh, um, in Bushenyi. And so even now, I think those are the power plays that are working right now. You don't know who is going to 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 be in solidarity with with the other. So I think I think uh, what the president's son is doing is 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 just you know I was tell I was telling uh, a friend of mine that uh, Mohoz is just feigning madness. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. feigning madness. You know, like what Hamlet did. Yeah. <laughs> to pass on a message. Yeah. He's feigning that. Uh, yeah, he's feigning he's, that kind of madness. He's not, he's not really also, mad. He's, he's playing mad. It, no. He's uh, not mad. Mm -hmm. He's just finding the madness because already we are a mad country. And 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 um, I, I, I don't know, was it John Ruganda who said that uh, when the madness of a nation dis disturbs the solitary mind, it's not enough to say the man is mad. So he's playing into those politics and mm -hmm. instilling fear and instilling fear because because villagers people who raised us my parents are very scared humans yeah yeah because 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 they know what they experienced in the past regimes and so the father came as a liberator and so this one is stamping it on and say you see if we live you will be drc you will be south sudan <laughs> or you will, yeah. you know, you will, you, you, you will be. What happened in Rwanda in 1994 will also yeah. happen to you guys, yeah. and and so they are playing into that. But what you need to know over thirty, over thirty three, how many years they've been in power for thirty six years, mm -hmm. and over the last thirty six years, you can imagine Daniel. If you were born in a family where you lack nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't even know how much a tomato costs. You don't there. know how much salt costs. You don't even know when inflation is affecting business. You you've never worked for anything. So you can tweet whatever you want to tweet because you you have <laughs> you have nobody challenges you. Everybody around you like the naked chief. Nobody tells you the truth. And yeah. so I think in his circles, nobody has the audacity, you know, to pull him aside, including his dad. Nobody has the audacity to pull him aside and and you know tell him that you know this shit that you're tweeting is not is not is not right yeah. but but you can see through it ugandans are just they're they they not as dumb as they want as the whole world wants to believe mm -hmm. we everybody sees it i see it i'm living in uganda i i see it and i'm not alone these conversations crop up in in public matatus when we are going back home <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or a random conversation with a border border rider so mm -hmm. everybody's seeing through the naked chief
yeah and and you mentioned you mentioned something of course he's he's growing up in opulence having everything around him catered for um not knowing you know what things cost out there like you know groceries and, and so what what's the economic situation like in um in um in uganda right now i know like right now in kenya i mean we've we 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 we're dealing with the high petrol prices um as, even as much as the global oil prices are going down we eventually remove um fuel subsidies so that that cost is really um the the cost of fuel is really has a biting and then it has that knock on effect on all other you know sectors of the of the all other aspects of the economy um i mean basic necessities are are you know the prices are skyrocketing um families are finding it difficult to even put one meal um, on the table i mean What's the situation like in, 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 in Uganda? The situation is is not good. Our fuel prices, of course, if they're high in Kenya, what what happens? Because <laughs> that fuel has to, to travel so many kilometers before it gets into Uganda. So mm -hmm. everything else is, is impacted. I just like to psychoanalyze Ugandans sometimes. Uh, you know, you just take a, a stroll and just observe Ugandans' faces. And and you feel like um, that life, that liveliness that used to be there five years ago is sort of gone. I was downtown Kampala. Um, I, I I I I I was taking uh, my computer for you know an update uh, because there's a guy who is really good at what he does, and then it's it's it went through into eight p.m. and. And just Ugandans were rushing to go home. That used not to be the case, right? Uh, mm -hmm. They are rushing home. They are scared. Everyone is looking over their shoulders because theft. Uh, we have more crime. Mm -hmm. uh, petty, you know, they are petty thieves everywhere. And 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 yet, in the past, you used to, like five years ago, you would walk downtown uh, Kampala even at midnight, and mm -hmm. nobody would touch you, right? Yeah. And, and so I know, fam I know a family, I know a number of families who are struggling to put even food on the, you know, on the table. Uh, mm -hmm. Children have had to, to, you know, to drop out of school for a term um, uh, before they could, you know, they could put themselves together. And so I think I, I think we have a government that doesn't really care about us. Um, they, they have the capacity to because we are such a, <laughs> we are such a, a rich country in terms of weather and and stuff in, in Uganda. One dollar can feed can can actually feed a family. If mm -hmm. if they buy you know matoke uh, of or you know matoke of, of half a dollar and ground nuts, mm -hmm. <laughs> it will yeah. feed the entire family. But yeah. not but sometimes sometimes people don't have this kind of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the economics are not good. Um, yeah. People but, are silently struggling. I mean, but Ugandans generally, Ugandans generally, I've, I've seen them to be very resilient people. I mean, they've been resilient through the the, the chaotic um, political environment that you guys have gone through, all through the previous government. Um, you know, the coup, the the coups after one another. Of course, Museveni's rule. We started off very nicely, but of course now it's mm -hmm. turned out into like, you know, um, a full blown dictatorship. But I think. Um, like globally, we have all these problems we're dealing with. We're just coming off the pandemic. We don't even know if you're coming off it yet, because right now news from China is like things are getting bad on the other end as well. And and then of course there's this you know 
you know, um, uh, inflation and other economists call it stagflation that is happening as a result of, you know, the things that are happening in the eastern parts of Europe um, with uh, Russia and the war in Russia and Ukraine. But you guys are also dealing with something else at home. There is the um, the Ebola outbreak. And um, I mean, what's, um, is it something that really concerns a lot of people in um, in Kampala and other cities around Uganda? Or is it something that you people have the confidence like to put it um, in control? Because I know it's not your... So probably the first time you're having this experience, but also being close to DRC and, and having, you know, gone through some of the lessons and the things they went through, seeing the lessons from some of the things they went through during their own outbreak. Do you, do you feel like there's a sense of, you know, this is properly managed? Right now, we've, I think for the last 21 days, uh, we've not registered any case of Ebola. Right now, we don't have any active Ebola cases. And I think I must applaud one of the ministries in, in Uganda that really work is the Ministry of Health. And even before uh, Ebola ravaged West Africa, uh, was it 2015? Uh, yeah, yeah 2014-2015, yeah. Yeah, had managed to quell Ebola very efficiently. And in fact, we sent a large number of, of uh, doctors to go and help the situation in 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 in, in uh, Sierra Leone and, and other yeah. West African countries. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the Ministry of Health is actually very is quite serious. And that's why also you see um uh, luckily Museveni with all his flaws. <laughs> He's yeah. very pragmatic. He's very a very pragmatic person when it comes to health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's why you saw the stringent, uh, you know, lockdowns and Lockdown, things like that. COVID nineteen. So, yeah. So right now, Ebola is the one of the is the least of our worries. The, the, the districts which were which were which had been affected were locked down, and now they've been reopened. Mm -hmm. uh, Thankfully, uh, because we have no active cases, no one is in a hospital, no one, no new cases have been registered. That you can uh, give it to the government of yeah, Uganda. That, that, I mean, yeah. that's really some good news. And and of course, nobody is um is bad all the time. I think Seveni has his good is um is his strength, and sometimes we admire how he managed um COVID nineteen, um you know efficiently. And I, he's one of the few people I know who still wears a mask. And and I like how he does his interviews with media. You have to sit like a kilometer <laughs> away, a kilometer away and speak through a public address system. <laughs> When, when interviewing him and i mean a kilometer away is an exaggeration but but yeah there's usually space between between him and any reporter who's interviewing him he doesn't take off his marks mask in you know in, in public spaces and um, even of even course he's, even, milking. Yeah. he's milking the he's milking the situation as well <laughs> yeah because yeah. yeah to show power it's also a power play yeah. You know, one of my favorite photos, which is absurd, I hope <laughs> Human Rights Watch people forgive me on this, was how he really, he was, you know, he distanced them. They had taken to him a report on the human rights issues, you know, state of human rights in Uganda. And yeah. they were like a long distance away. And he's just, you know, saying, I'm here, you're there. It is just looking <laughs> like looking down on them. So uh, he is just milking the whole situation. But also, let's not forget about the brutality, police brutality and security yeah. forces brutality during COVID. Yeah. Um, because they utilize their dictatorship, just like China, 
yeah. to you know to 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 like enforce some of those uh, uh, uh rules yeah so we have like three minutes left on this call and and i just want to like to i mean to just i mean if you look forward into into 2023 um i think um what what how do you see um things panning out for the new year i mean what are those things that you look forward to in 2023 and then what are those things that um you hope um we're not going to see um again ah as i grow older i'm becoming a realist <laughs> my <laughs> idealism is fading away very quickly yeah, yeah. uh so uh, what we've not actually talked about which is a human rights issue that has affected uganda are the arbitrary arrests yeah mm -hmm. uh political activists right now are in prison they're unaccounted for they've disappeared that is one of the biggest uh, human rights issues that that uganda has to deal with currently um and 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 i think <laughs> I have no, I'm sorry, I'm not optimistic about mm -hmm. things changing uh, yeah. for Uganda. Um, instead, I think uh, um, there's, oh, there's going to be more, uh, more ways to hold on to power. Yeah, uh, because the ruling, uh, the ruling government and the people who have benefited from it will still want it to be in power. Um, I, I maybe what I can do is not even predict. Oh, my hopes probably. I hope that I hope that Ugandans can uh, realize their power once more uh, to you know to speak truth to power. Because you you know the computer misuse amendment act that was passed this year. Yeah. Yeah. So to sort of clamp down on uh, on 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 the use of social media, um, then Ugandans are like, oh, whenever you treat something small, ah, do you have bail money? Things like that. I hope I hope yeah. that Ugandans can do some soul searching. Uh, yeah. And, and know that today you're 25 and tomorrow you'll be 35 and your dreams will be slipping away slowly yeah. from your hands. So yeah. I'm just yeah. counting on that resilience. I, 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 I'm looking forward to where journalists get bolder, uh, where Mohozi is put in his place, where where you know, people mm -hmm. because, because right now what we have is a scattered we have uh, we are in the ugandan twitter i don't the, the one i knew before covid i don't i can't seem to recognize it i really hope that ugandans can realize how much power they have i hope they can tap into the resilience of our um, parents and grandparents that have overcome all this hostility uh, over the years, because we are such a beautiful <laughs> piece of land, we can't, we can't, we can't afford to, you know. Every time I travel elsewhere, I am like, I just want to go home. Home is best, right? And and between the two of us, I love Uganda too. I, I love Uganda too. Every time I'm there, <laughs> I feel like I'm home. I, I don't think there's anywhere else. I feel like I'm more home. Done when I mean, yeah, you better always feel like home for me. It's a beautiful country. Come carry on. So, how do we demand accountability? How how do we become uh, active citizens? Because what I see right now is 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 a population that has sort of uh, you know resigned and 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 kept quiet. Um, 
you will have a very nice what 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 makes me say that is we have Ugandans who have built very nice homes but the access road is not it is not is is bad right and yeah. that shows you that where are the taxes going actually so if we can have an active citizenship that says takes matters into their hands and i think what 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 this regime has managed to kill its communities especially in urban areas there's a lot of individualism gets mm-hmm. upon gets you don't even have a places where you just hold a chama like you guys do in Kenya mm-hmm. um so you find it's individualistic i'm driving my big black car with my 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 home in a fence and my kids are fine as long as i am fine uh it's okay so if we can if we can find a way of community mobilization i don't know that is our biggest challenge and that's why i feel like 2023 nothing much will change uh for uganda but i i just hope that that ugandans can start serious soul searching and 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 uh and look at that the future is passing them by because as i said earlier you are 20 before you know it you 35 and you're like oh my goodness things are still the same you know one president then you see the sun uh tweeting and then he's paying all these trolls on social media to interfere with the conversation i think something has to move i don't know how we are going to do it but we need smart ways and also uh, i really hope that civil society organizations international ngos uh, can restrategize on how they are approaching approaching uh, human rights in uganda there's this potential among the young people that they can tap into in terms of creating small facilitating creation of communities uh within within the young people who can be a driving force in 5 10 years from now if they don't do that and keep doing things as business as usual they're just wasting their money and their time <laughs> you know, you Daniel, know, i can yeah. speak i can speak until the cows come home <laughs> i know i mean this conversation with you is always it's always enjoyable i mean you you're just such knowledgeable you're such passionate about the things you're passionate about and it's always just so refreshing to have these conversations with you and you see what what's really important and what's what's really strikes me is the way as much as we say africa is not a country there's a lot of similarities and it's the same story moving from one part of the continent to the other whether you are in south or here in the east mm-hmm. moving to central africa or you go further into francophone africa the the the, the you know the, the themes the narratives that we say it's, it's all the same and like i say it's always a pleasure being with you on a podcast always a pleasure being you with you anywhere even physically and i hope we get to do a lot more of this um next year um and god willing and for me it's it's really been a pleasure having this conversation with you and um, and i hope the points that you that that you raised and um, like things that we can act on like active citizenship knowing like we have that collective power that we can put to use is is a message that we can spread across the continent it's been a pleasure having you on the show prunya mishana thank you very much daniel oh it's a pleasure thank you for for putting this together thank you very much have a beautiful holidays season merry christmas and a happy new year <laughs> when you travel to the village please get there safely thank you so much enjoy your christmas to you and your lovely daughter thank you always a pleasure mm-hmm.
Yeah, man, that was Prunya Mishana. That's just the kind of content that we have prepared for you this holiday season. And as we get into the new year, just trying to get an outlook of what the new year is going to look at or to look like in the political space from across the continent, from Southern Africa, coming into Eastern Africa, Central Africa, and moving into West Africa, including the Frank Francophone West Africa. There's just a lot of content that we have prepared for you. So keep it right here and you can listen to us straight from the africa blogging website that is www.blogging.africa you can also reach this podcast from anywhere that you consume your podcast from whether it's spotify anchor google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from this podcast has been produced for africa blogging by me daniel omide africa blogging is a network of political bloggers and journalists from across africa the network is affiliated to cast media africa a program of the Conrad adinu stifter the special sound effects used in this episode is corporate riser by gonka viral